L-A-S. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. Hey, I'm Logan. Hey, I'm Logan. You're supposed to say that you're Tim. Don't tell me what to do. You're not my real dad. (laughs) We're the hosts of a brand new podcast called From One Dad to Another. Each week we tackle a new topic, interview local professionals, and attempt to decode modern parenthood one dad joke at a time. So make sure to join us every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. From One Dad to Another is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more on our independent podcast network, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. And if you want to support the show and get some bonus content, behind-the-scenes looks, and even get the show ad-free, you can become a member of our Patreon over at patreon.com slash LASPodcastNetwork. And if you don't, I won't be mad, but I will be disappointed. (laughs) Oh, and one last thing. You're doing great, and I'm proud of you. L-A-S. talking about from design to print and how to make products in a design uh aspect more specifically so say for instance if you need a label or anything like that or anything more along the lines of like billboard design or things like that but the topics that i'm going to be talking about is what to say yes and no to uh limiting options understanding your caveats and how design is incorporated into products so let's start with the first one what to say yes and no to All right, so what to say yes and no to when you're creating design and products and things like that. So when you're creating products, you want to say yes to all of the things that will make your product better without any caveats at all. So say, for instance, if you have a pop design or thing like that, or say, for instance, like Fago, if you don't know what Fago is, uh, I am very, I, I feel very sad for you. It's like the best thing from Detroit. But Fago has their own kind of like design thing going on where it's it's authentic it's nice it's awesome and they always do things that add to the design rather than take away from the design when it comes to the product if you ever see fago on a shelf it stands out from everything else that's what they added to it in order to make it where it needs to be and now i want to talk about when when talking with your designer you want to create something with that like what's the word i'm looking for you want to create something with that when you You want to create something creative, something that stands out on the shelf, something that is bold, something that is just all around just awesome. Like you have to do the demographic research to figure out what that is. But when you talk with your designer, make sure that you iterate who you want to speak to, who you want to talk to and who you want to who you want that product to jump off the shelf with or billboard or wherever that product may be. But let's get into the next topic. Limiting options. All right, so limiting options. T- 
time and time again, I've created products and I've created products based on the fact that if there's more, it's more authentic and it's just going to be awesome and it's going to sell. And that cannot be true. I honestly had to learn this the hard way. Um, I have a clothing company, Style Clothing Co., if you don't know what that is. Um, But essentially, when I used to work with this marketing manager, and I'm not going to name names or anything like that, he would have me create a bunch of designs based off of just one design in different colors and things like that. And it just would not work. Nobody bought it. The design was there. And the reason why nobody bought it is because they saw that there were so many versions of it that they were overwhelmed with the options. And then it just didn't necessarily work for my brand. Now I'm not saying have limited. uh, I'm not saying limit your options to like one or two. I'm saying limit your options in a way that appeals to your brand and customer. And what I mean by that is if you're going to have like three different interior design products that are going to go out there and you want to have it in different colors, then that's perfectly fine. But don't do it in like five or six or seven or eight or nine different colors because it takes away from the actual product and the branding there. It it makes it so that way it's less impactful, if that makes sense. Uh but now I want to go back to uh, my next topic, understanding your caveats. All right, so understanding your product caveats. So this is something that is not necessarily easy to do, but when you do do it, it can make a big impact on your product and design. But understanding what your caveats are for your product is crucial to making sure that you launch a great product and put it out there and get it to where it needs to be. So some examples of that taking, I'm going to take my topic back up from uh, interior design. So pretty much understanding what your design, where your design can go around a whole bunch of people. So say for instance, if you don't think that your table or interior design, interiorly designed table would not be able to go into a room with the kids, then that is understanding your caveats. This is not furniture for for children. This is not furniture you will put in a nice office for kids or anything like that. Uh, I wouldn't say nice office. I would say this is not something you could put into a daycare or anything like that. But it is something that you can put into a nice office or something that you can put into, let's say, for instance, a like just just your side table in your living room because you wanted to uh, freshen up the... uh, What's the word? Freshen up the decor and tie everything together, things like that. It all really depends on what your target market is. And I know that I've said that earlier, but it really does depend on that. Like you want to make sure that you know what your target market is before creating your product. And that's just one of the things I wanted to talk about. But now we're going to move over into the next topic, how design is incorporated. Can we just appreciate that? That is just so good. I like that so much. Oh, it stopped. But let's get into the next topic. How design is incorporated. So design is incorporated into your product in two ways that I believe. One is the shelf value, face value of design. And the other is just pretty much how your design is, how your product is made. It could be, like I said, it could be interior design. It can be industrial design. It can be graphic design. It can be all of those things. But you want to make sure that design is incorporated into there 
so that way people can understand what it does. So a good example of that. So when you go and create something design-wise for a label or things like that, you want to make sure that you know what that product is. You want to make sure how that product pretty much goes out there, who's going to be consuming it, who's going to be using it, things like that. That gives you a really good idea how to incorporate that into your design. And here's some tips. So say, for instance, you have a person. I'm going to go back with Fago because uh, Fago is awesome. But say, for instance, you have a uh, bottle of pop there and uh, it's Fago. Nine times out of ten, most people don't like Fagos because it's really fizzy and it's got a really bold flavor to it. But if you look at the bottle of Fago, it has that boldness. It has that just all all around just like really freaking awesome design that makes people want to buy it because of the way the vibrant, uh, the way how vibrant it is, how colorful it is. It just draws you into it. It makes it so that way it draws in the uh, right audience for those people to buy it. So when you incorporate your design into your product. You want to make sure that it entices the individual. You also want to make sure that it's functional. So, because that'll entice the individual too, like a mic stand. Uh, most people don't buy mic stands, but one of the, it's one of those things that you see that it's, it's got design built into it. So that way it works and does the things that you're supposed to do. You see all of the things are part of it. And it's just kind of like, you, you know, it'll work, you know, what it's supposed to do. You'll know, you know, it will do what it's supposed to do, but yeah, um, now let's talk about some client topics, uh, client tips, actually. So basically, clients, the first thing you want to ask yourself is what to do when you're starting and developing a product. First thing you want to do is some demographics. You want to do some uh, demographics to see which people would actually buy the product or think that you're trying to sell. I'm going to give you guys some design tips to get started as well. So so just make sure that when you have everything out on the table, that it's easier for the, it's easy for your designer to understand. And what I mean by that is just making so that you guys are on the same page. It doesn't take much to make sure that you guys are on the same page, but it takes a lot to explain that to your designer when he doesn't understand the demographics or not, not says not necessarily demographics or the technical jargon that goes into whatever product that you're building. So another example would be, so you guys would like to design an airplane or anything like that. And you have a, uh, you try to go to an interior designer, an interior designer is not going to want to know any of, not going to know, not going to know any of that only because it's just one of those things that is just not, it's not, it's not knowledge. It's not knowledge that is out there in the open space that is easily accessible. I'm not saying that Google isn't out there, but I'm just saying like, you got to make sure that you explain what those things are for your uh, designer to make sure that they get it. And another tip, let's uh, say, for instance, you want to work with your designer as like as closely as possible. That's something that you don't necessarily want to do unless it's absolutely needed. And what I mean by that is actually um, I have an example. So let's say, for instance, you're working with a designer and you're going back and forth with the designer and um, you, you, you guys can't necessarily get to a point of what's the word I'm looking for point of certainty, like, uh, like an actual wow factor of the design that you're going for. It would be beneficial for you guys to do a live design session so you can change the things and make the quick changes based on what you guys already have. So that way you can explore all options, explore all of the things and make sure that you get something that you think will be a really good, solid 
revision or what's the word I'm looking for? Product, product design. But yeah, um, some designer tips as well. You guys want to keep it simple. I know I said this in all of my podcasts. I know I say this in all of my podcasts, but I cannot be, I cannot be, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like I, I, I cannot iterate this enough, actually. You guys want to try to keep it as simple as possible. Good design is clean design. It doesn't necessarily mean that, uh, what's the word? I want to go back to Fago. Fago's design is uh, out there and it's vibrant. And it's like out, it's, yeah, but dissecting it, it is actually more simple than what it could be. And it just, it's just one of those things that it just worked for them. But when you get that design together, when you get everything where you need to be, you want to make sure that your design is simple as possible given the context of where you're designing for. And another one is you want to make sure that that design appeals to the customer. I know I was talking about that earlier. So this goes back to having demographics and research. Uh, Designers sometimes have to do this on their own and understand that they need to get all of this stuff together so that way they can understand what they're going to create. Um, If you're a versatile designer who likes to design for everything, this is something that you're going to need to do. If you're a designer that's only in a specific market, this may not be something that you need to do only if it's outside of your industry. Uh, I know that's kind of common sense, but some people don't necessarily want to do it or need to do it just because they think they have that uh, egotistic thing where I know everything about design, things like that. I was like that at one point, but that's another story. I try to stay away from that as much as possible. And that's another tip as well. Don't let your ego get in the way of design. Just because you think it looks good does not mean it looks good to the customers. The customers are the people that you are trying to please. Uh, But yeah, with that being said, uh, that's everything I got for this episode from uh, Design to Print. If you like the podcast, I suggest that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. And this podcast is produced and distributed by LAS Podcast Network. If you would like to support creatives like me, let's go to LASPodcastNetwork.com slash plus and you'll be able to subscribe there and get some exclusive content. But yeah, with that being said, peace, guys.